my friend, and welcome to Art, Magic, and Medicine, a podcast about the ways that living creatively and sharing vulnerably, really from the heart, connects us as human beings and brings us back into wholeness, both individually and collectively. I think that when we make things, we are remaking ourselves, and we are remaking this tender world that we're living in right now. So I welcome you to listen in as I talk to visionary artists and creatives, and we go through navigating the creative process while staying heart-centered, connected, and in community, and what that means, what it looks like. I'm Robin Mayberry, and I'm an artist and an energy alchemist. I love things that are imperfect, unfinished, and full of story. It is an absolute honor to share these conversations with you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello. This is Robin Mabry here, and we are here with season two of the Art, Magic, and Medicine podcast. And I could not be more excited because we are talking today with Krista Barmer, who is the aficionado of the Mending Space community. There's a website and an Instagram community and a YouTube channel. Um, Krista is, if you haven't already heard of her, an artist, a poet, and a mender who lives tenderly, mends mindfully, and connects with care. And that flavor just permeates everything that you do, Krista. So welcome. Thank you so much, Robin. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. We are going to have a great, great conversation. So we were just chatting a little bit before we hit go. And I was like, stop, stop, stop saying that. We have to, we have to share. Yes. (laughs) This is just too good. Yeah. Chris is a, is a deep thinker and a deep feeler and, um, and you are just loaded with, um, good vibes. So Mm -hmm. we thought that maybe today, um, well, what, what brought me to say, okay, we got to talk on the podcast. It was Krista does a beautiful newsletter that I will make sure to share in the um, podcast notes, the show notes, um, because it's really every, every little post is just like a treasure. And this most recent one was all about honoring our own boundaries. And, you know, we've had gotten a lot of um, messaging about, you know, you got to like, you know, keep other people out of your space, but then we get in our own space. (laughs) So that that got me really um, like, okay, we got to talk, but then we're going to just, and I think that we'll get into that. But before we even get into that, there is a poem that Krista has uh, written. So she is a poet. Mm -hmm. And um, I was hoping that we could start off just reading this poem. And this gets us into the right space, I think, this humble, connected space. So see what you think about this. It's a short one. It is beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robin. This poem is from The Keeper, and I entitled it New World. Know when to speak, know when to be quiet. There's nothing to sell, no one to buy it. This practice takes patience. Intentions must fly. Draw shame and remake it. Let ego die. Mm. okay and so the (laughs) i just heard this myself for the first time just a few minutes ago i was like oh my god there's nothing that there's nothing to sell Mm -hmm. (laughs) that really is because that i i think so i think this is how for me these things come together this idea of like holding our own boundaries 
along with I see this collective uprising around like we're creatives mm -hmm. we don't always want to be sharing and selling and producing and completing and you know and be shiny like and we know that and we say that and then we still keep doing it yes and the, the there's a pressure that's yes. in place and so the boundaries it takes to say mm -hmm. I am not going to create right now and mm -hmm. right now can be long and it's mm -hmm. horrifying when it's long mm -hmm. or I'm going to create but I'm not going to finish it or I'm going to finish it but I'm not going to share it oh mm -hmm. my god <laughs> terrifying yeah. so where yeah. are you at with that right now where is this showing up for you well I can tell you that poem was born out of years of um having an Etsy shop and wanting to, this was back in the day when, if you got on the front page of Etsy, that was a huge deal. And if you were in those um, groups, I forget even what the groups are called right now. This was 10, 12 years I ago. Remember, yeah. yeah. If you had your various groups that you were in and you all um, created these curated, you know, um, conglomerations of, of items and, and uh, so this poem was born in that soil. It was um, in the soil of trying to play the Instagram game and be um, that marketer and that brander, but also just coming to acceptance of I am an artist and for better or worse, I don't really have a business bone in my body. <laughs> Everything I do is born out of just wanting to connect and wanting to share. And I'll be real honest too, creating for myself, creating for my healing journey. There's, you know, a, um, we want to be altruistic and say, oh, I'm creating my art to share with the world. I'm creating it for me. This, I, I, for me, writing and creating my textile pieces, that is breath. And I don't say that's like breath. It is breath for me. I have to do it. And that doesn't mean I'm making something every day or writing every day, but it is, my spirit is drawn to creating. And I do this for my health and my well-being. So when it was turning into, I'm trying to fit into this Instagram mold and I've got to, you know, the, um, the line from Dead Poet Society, got to do more, got to be more. When I'm just constantly thinking of, oh, how can I sell this? And what should I say? And why are they getting more likes? And I got this, but they've got more. And, uh, you know, when it turns into this com competition or this, not even competition, but just beating myself up for not being X, Y, Z. I, I had to come to terms with Krista, you are going to do things in a different way. Your audience is going to be different. You're going to have to define success differently because it doesn't, it's not going to look like the slick, um, you know, way that everything, not everything, but many things are packaged mm -hmm. and, and my life does not allow for me to spend all the time and all the hours. I, uh, as we were talking before you hit record, I have two kiddos that are still dependent on me, neurodivergent learners. And I do a hybrid homeschool um, 
thing with them. And I have health issues that I am constantly having to tend to that are very real in my life. And I have flare ups when, um, I'm pushing myself too hard and I'll be, I'll be honest. I will be vulnerable here. Um, my right eye has been twitching all day. My chest has been tight and I've had like, a joint flare up. And it's not because of this podcast. It's because of things that are going on in my, my life right now. And in my, my little corner of the world that have triggered these autoimmune, you know, inflammation uh, issues for me. And so those things keep me humble and they continually remind me that I have to set these boundaries with myself. I I can't go faster. I can't do more. I actually need to slow down. I need to get quieter. I need rest. And I need these outlets of writing and textile art to serve me, not me serving them and not me serving the Instagram machine or the Etsy machine or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So Um, this faceless approval machine. Yeah. There that can be so... Um, it can be so easy to slip into, at least for me, just my identification. I think that I know better and I think I'm a fully adult human being. And then I'm like getting all wrapped <laughs> up and like, nobody liked my thing. And yes. I thought it was pretty good. And- yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the last two lines of that poem. Draw shame and remake it. Let ego die. When that ego, that shadow self is, that's the side that wants the success and wants the visibility and wants the the accolades and the follows and the likes and the comments and the conversations and the sales. And sometimes we need those things. I mean, I admit, like I need some form of income right now to help my family and to um, meet budget and do the things that we need to do. But when it becomes tied in with my worth or my identity, I know that's when I'm out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And this, and you're just bringing attention to this. I mean, this is tricky. Monetizing creativity, yeah, making a living as an artist. I mean, as long as there's been artists, you yeah. know, in in the modern framework, you know, yeah. this has been an issue. If you want to make, if you want to spend most of your time making things, and you also have to support yourself, there's this, you know, it's a it's a natural like. Well, I'll just bring these two things together. Yes, of course, artists have been trying to solve this problem for a bazillion years, but the the hole that we can fall into of Mm -hmm. just endless creating and pushing and Mm -hmm. it's really it's i've been thinking a lot in terms of masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and this masculine model of just push and keep going and don't stop and don't give up and you know don't for god's sakes don't rest i mean that's a question (laughs) yeah just keep it going and keep it's so it's so masculine and there's a place for that there is a time we just didn't around all the time nothing would happen right but it's out of balance yes and what i'm hearing you say is that you have circumstances in your life right now that keep you aware that that Mm -hmm. balance has to be tended to yeah or it just punches you in the face right away right right I mean, that's a sort of a hidden blessing. Yes. Yeah. Some people, I mean, and I'm, I am, I'm this way myself. And I, one of my things is I have an energy medicine practice practice. So I see this a lot. Yeah. And if you don't have that early warning system, yep. uh, there's a frightening number of people that drive themselves right off the cliff. 
Yes. Without even knowing that it's happening. Yes. So yes. I'm seeing, and I, so t- t- are you seeing this or like, what's your take on this? Have you been noticing this rise in a call for rest? Yes. A call for stepping back. Yes. It's almost yes. like a response. Like I would, but it's, but it's not like a, you know, it's not fighting back. (laughs) It's like withdrawing away, but in this healthy way. Yeah. And to me, well, honestly, ever since the whole COVID thing started, yes, that really, that turned the tide pretty dramatically. And a lot of people, myself included, have seemed to like, never want, I have never been able, it's been two and a half years now or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never been able to return to the pace that I had before that. Yeah. And I've kind of like the world kind of amped up again. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to like, no. Right. So I think, I think what drew me in particular, this last post that you wrote, I'm going to read this little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So first of all, this latest little newsletter, I'll just read it out loud for the benefit (laughs) of listeners. So this is a quote from Nedra Glover Tawab. Before we teach others to respect our boundaries, we must learn to honor them ourselves. Mm. And that caught my attention just immediately because, mm-hmm. you know, I do the personal development work and I've read the books and yep. <laughs> the workshops, you know, I'm yes. going to set my boundaries. You teach people how to treat you, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten a little better at it, but then I will push myself yes. way past the, you know, the stop sign. And that's yes. So then you wrote in the same thing and I'll share this too. And then maybe we can draw on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. The limits I set within are perhaps the most important and the most loving thing I do for myself and for those in my life. Mm-hmm. So what do those limits look like when you're like, okay, this is my edge. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go past this, I'm going to have physical consequences or my kids, it's going to show up with my kids because they're not going to get the support and whatever. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you? And have you had to practice it? When you're like, I want to, you know, when you get sort of swept up and like, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to make this thing and I'm going to start this practice and maybe a membership community, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then it goes, no. So how does that show up for you? What does a limit look like? Yeah. Sometimes a limit is um, me actually being mature (laughs) and in my, um, you know, wiser self knowing um, things like I need to go to bed earlier. I need to make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep. So that means definitely leaving things undone at the end of the day. And, um, my kids are at an age where they can kind of choose how late they want to stay up, but they, we have a a nighttime routine. And I had to be honest with them saying, I know you want to stay up later, but I actually need to go to bed earlier. So if you still want to do our special routine, we got to bump it to nine o'clock, you know, and things like that. So actually setting a boundary with myself to say, this is valid. This, you are worthy, Krista, you are um, in need of something and you need to make those needs known to other people. So that's kind of where an inner limit spills out into an external boundary then. So that's just one small example, but other times uh, limitations are forced on me. You know, I try something, um, and it just goes kaput. Like it does not work. 
And part of the boundary then that I have to say or set with myself is I have to say, that didn't work. Krista, you need to be honest. I keep talking about myself in the third person. I never (laughs) talk about myself in the third person, but I have to be honest with myself and say that that didn't work. And you could not have sustained that anyway. It's a good thing that that didn't work out. Let that go for now. And it's a lot of letting go and an acceptance that when things don't work out, wow, that was actually a good thing that that didn't happen because I don't think I could have pulled that off in the way that I would have wanted to give myself to that particular thing. I, I tried a, a writing uh gathering in I August. I saw that. I was yeah. That went. Yeah. And well, it didn't go. And so, and that was okay. And, and that was such a, a lesson learned to about this community and offering things that the community wants. So many people have found me and are a part of this mending space circle because of the textile and they enjoy the poetry and the writing, but maybe don't see themselves as writers or even as journalers. They just, they're menders and stitchers and quilters. They love the fabric. And so that was a good, you know, that was a, I did grieve it. It, I felt it did hurt that nobody responded to that. And at the same time, talk about boundaries and setting internal boundaries even things like speaking to myself with compassion after something like that, Krista, you are still worthy. Even if this thing you tried didn't work out, you are worthy. That's a boundary. That's a loving boundary. That's a self-compassion work that I have had to, you talk about practice. I've had to practice for years. And so I think we say the word boundary and you think, it's got to be this harsh thing, or it's this thing that's like keeping people out or, you know, being really disciplined. Sometimes it's just loving yourself and saying the loving thing to yourself instead of saying the, the hurtful thing or the, you know, I don't want to speak negative things right now, but just, you know, saying the negative thing to yourself about why something didn't work out or why you don't have the number of followers or why your art isn't reaching more people or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think boundaries just show up in so many ways and have, it's been a gift to me to be able to see that they're not just about external relationships. It's also about the relationship I have with myself. Do you get the shame storm when that? Oh, yes. You know, the Brene Brown yes. idea? Yeah. Yes. As soon as yes. I read that, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never felt yeah. that. <laughs> You'll have to yes. it again. <laughs> yeah, no, the shame storm is, is, it comes so quickly. It just mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere and it comes so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will find, the reason I ask is, I think that we're probably not alone in this. Like, I will find yeah. that happening like I just made a little free thing and I posted on Instagram. Right. And I thought it was super nifty. Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know. I just didn't really think about it, but I thought like, Oh my God, people are going to just eat this up. And like eight people liked it. Yeah. And, like, and every time I like, I just want to take the whole thing down now and like not even look at it again. Cause I get like this heat yes. in my body, just looking at the post. I'm like, <gasps> yes, that's a thing I thought was cool. And nobody else thinks it's cool. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, just... I know. Oh, it's painful. And I think too, another, uh, you know, talk about boundaries or speaking to yourself with compassion, remembering that things like Instagram, Etsy, any of these tools that we use to get our art out into the world in, in the social media sphere, there's algorithms. There are so much that is out of our control. And I think there's even things out of your control when you have a brick and mortar store and, you know, oh, we didn't get any, you know, walking traffic today. It was a rainy day. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So I I know a dear, a dear friend, a jewelry maker who she has the most incredible shop. And I'm like, she must just be just swimming in success, but you know, maybe not. And it, it ebbs and flows for everybody. And so there's obstacles with social media. There's obstacles with having a bricking, brick and mortar shop. It can just, we, and I think we do well and we serve ourselves well when we remember and, and tell ourselves the full story, not just that shame story of, oh, nobody likes my stuff or I'm not that great of an artist. Who did I think I was, you know, imposter syndrome sets in and yeah. And so I guess from this vantage point, boundary and like just recognizing limits makes things more sustainable. Yeah. Yes. Having the edge like, yeah, this is where I go past that. And I'm now I'm, I'm biting into the future and using yeah. up things faster than they can be replenished and all yeah. that sort of thing, yes. which of I, is a huge part of your aesthetic oh. is, is, is sustainability. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And yes. limit respecting limits. Maybe yes. that's, I'm sort of thinking out loud, but like, isn't that what we're doing wrong? <laughs> yes 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 if we would just respect limits we would not be having some of these global issues that right 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 past it and then now we've done some damage yes like wow actually that's only you can't cut down any more trees right now right (laughs) right more carbon in there just give it a minute (laughs) yes we can't get that supply to you in 24 hours it's gonna you know and that's been like happening. That. And isn't it? Hasn't it been interesting? Like yeah. this whole supply chain thing. Like as much as it's a drag. Like I didn't have a stove for six months because yeah. it, it had one burner. I had a stove, but I only had one burner. Yeah, and I was like Ugh, supply chain. But then, <laughs> then even when that was happening, that was a little earlier. Like when in 2020, I think that happened. Um, but even then, I was like, well, yeah, this is the planet. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a limited. Yeah, There's limited li- resources. It is limited, yeah. which I think is something I am constantly trying to renegotiate in my mind because I I understand personally, like my my point of view is that we are unlimited consciousness, mm. and that energy is so close to unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like if there's an edge, we don't know where it is. Yeah, but simultaneously, so like we're and if you're an artist, they use every artist I know thinks in these terms of possibility and yes. creation, you yeah. know, so these are unlimited sorts of like points of view in the world. But yeah. then we live in this three-dimensional universe mm-hmm. with physical resources that including our bodies that do bump up against an edge. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so healing. you're, you're really feeling my heart right now because oh. I've just been on a jag of like, I need to slow down. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, right. And then yeah. you, 
force yourself and you get anxious about trying to slow down more. It is, it really is a, um, yeah, because then we can start to feel that shame spiral come up upon us of, I'm not slowing down enough. I'm not being gentle enough with myself. I'm not, you know, so how can we, you know, let, you know, I have a, I follow a philosopher named Peter Rollins, and he talks a lot about um, letting your symptoms speak to you. And in French and Latin, um, uh, like the history of the word symptom, it's syntome, S-I-N-T-H-O-M-E, which means holy man or prophet. And if you can see your symptoms, and even like you just said, the symptoms of the earth groaning and uh, we are, you know, ravaging the earth at too fast of a pace, even if you see that as a symptom and all the disasters, natural disasters and things that are happening, um, and then things in our bodies, if we can see those symptoms, not as the problem, but as the prophet that is pointing to the problem, the symptom becomes your healer. And so my limits, my lack, everything I have or have ever made for me has been born out of lack, has been born out of emptiness. Um, this, this humble tapestries um, thing that I just sort of birthed this year um, came out of nothingness. I could not mend to save my life. I apologize for that ding. Um, I could not mend to save my life. And it was so painful and so such a lack and such a place of emptiness for me. And, but then this thing was born out of it. And if I had tried to tell myself some story or no, you get up, girl, you go, girl, you got this, you know, live your best life. You know, some of that false positivity that we're sold so much of right now, if I had tried to do that, or if I had sunk into a despair of like, oh, I'll never create again, but I just sort of held in this space. And then this thing came out of nothingness. And Mary Oliver has this, uh, the poem, um, it's the fourth sign of the Zodiac. Um, it's her poem about her cancer. And um, the, the, there's a line in it that says, do you need a little darkness to get you going? And for me, the answer is yes, every time. And do you need that symptom? Is that symptom or that problem or that limitation the thing that actually is your engine of your creativity? could that be and is that okay and can we make peace with that and that's just what I've been that's what I've really been sitting in this year especially wow wow okay I just my whole mind was like wow. and <laughs> Mary Oliver, I mean she's always she's always a go-to yes so honoring boundaries which are sort of synonymous with our limits Mm -hmm. is both both creates a set of circumstances where we're not wrecking ourselves so it's both like sort of proactive but it mm -hmm. also can be a launching pad to create mm -hmm. something new yeah yeah whereas if we deny the limits and push mm -hmm. the limits which is such a strong message in our culture i mean yes. it is so so validated to be like you push through it's like yeah yep. <laughs> stop, stop that 
that puts yeah. it there. So if we deny that, then we wear ourselves out and we also deny ourselves this possibility of bouncing off of something. Yes. So let's stand for, for doing less. And yes. Yes. Just and minute. just the letting, like, I just think of the word let, um, and like just, I mean, something as simple as the Beatles, you know, let it be just let. So I actually wrote, okay. So then I sourced your newsletters. I was just flying <laughs> all over Chris's writing. So good, but there, okay. I'm going to just read this other little quote. This is from another newsletter post to let, to let, mm. to let emptiness fill us, to let the canvas, the page, the linen remain blank to let fear pass through as we surrender to that essential and tender death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just made me like, oh my God. <laughs> because I guess it rings my own bell because I just resist that so much. Oh, yeah. I just am like, and I think I know better, you know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't anything that I have, you know, come to, I haven't achieved any of this. This is the reason I write about it so much. It's what I'm trying to do in my own life. And we'll spend the rest of my life, you know, trying to find that balance between just being and not even trying to try to let just that, that it's reminding we have to remind yeah. ourselves again and again. Yeah. So this brings me to the, this just makes my mind go to Let's talk about your mending because that's kind of mm -hmm. the other piece of this. So this is like, so we've been talking about like the edges and letting go of things, but then uh, the other theme that you work with is bringing things together yeah, and repair. And so I'm, I've actually been curious about this. What is your physical, like, what, what are you doing? Like, I see <laughs> you making all these beautiful patches with all the stitch work in it. And it's super, mm. it's like tattered and layered and textured. And like, so mm. like, you just want to rub it on your face. <laughs> but do you actually like repair your clothing? Do you like, what does that look like? What do you, what do you do? <laughs> For me, the, I wish that I had that, um, that draw to repair clothes. I, I don't. And I know so many people do their visible mending on their jeans or their handbag, you know, a, an old tote bag or their kids clothes or a jacket. Um, I, I, that is not, I've tried to want to do that. And that has not stuck with me. The thing, the reason that I do it, the reason that I stitch is purely for the contemplative act, the rhythm of the most simple running stitch. I am not an accomplished textile artist. I have not, I don't have any kind of degree in textile art or visual art of any kind. This is purely a, I'm doing something with my hands. It's a somatic experience for me. I'm, I'm really into like, um, Bessel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, their work has been so healing for me. And Peter Levine talks, uh, his whole thing is somatic experiencing. And it is a somatic practice that I do that nourishes my nervous system. And, um, this story, I kind of share this on my website, but when my son was born in 2009, I had been a writer all my life. My degree is in writing. Um, just, I, I don't remember a time in my life that I wasn't writing. 
but when he was born, I couldn't write. I lost, I had, you know, the quintessential writer's block and I needed something though. And I had never stitched. I didn't even know how to stitch a button on a shirt. I, I knew nothing, but my mom had given me the old sewing machine that she used to make me clothes when I, so it was, you know, like a 40 year old sewing machine. She just gave it to me. And, um, I just began like patching pieces of fabric together that I had around like old curtains that I wasn't using anymore. I was cutting them up and just patching them together and just making little things. And then a couple, two, three years later, I discovered um, an artist, a Japanese artist by the name of Junko Oki oh, yeah. and yeah, you know, and Boro Mending and Sashko and Canthus Stitching. And um, I have such a profound respect for the heritage and the people of uh, those places and um, the ancestry and the, the generations that, you know, Boro mending was not for sale. It was for survival in Japan and same with Kantha stitching. And, um, and there's a beautiful story with Sashko and how that came about as well. And so um, I never want to step on the toes of another um, culture or misappropriate anything, but that those um, folk arts healed me and helped me as, as I just followed those single running stitch lines through scraps of fabric that I had on hand or that maybe I would find at a thrift shop or my husband's worn out jeans, I'd cut those up and, you know, stitch a little Sashko rain cloud on them or something, just anything. And as I did that, as I embodied this practice and worked through those early years of motherhood um, and some of the losses that just come with that, yeah, along with the gains that you get, um, my words came back and writing came back. And so now for the past seven, eight, nine years, it's been this dance between uh, the words and the, the, the textiles. And sometimes I'm really being drawn to create with mending. And then other times the words are really calling. And, and so I just listen and let that be. So what you call mending mm -hmm. is what other people might call contemplative stitch. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm right there with you. I know I, I, my family is like really a textile arts family. So I know mm -hmm. how to do the fancy, a lot of the fancy stitches and I don't want to mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> just want to do a running stitch just for that feeling, the feeling, just yes, the, the, the thread in my fingers and the fabric. And I mean, yes. it's just so like soothing. It really is. Yeah. So then, so you got back into this work. So let's talk about how this shows up now in a like, let's talk about the mending space. Mm. So then you mending space. So like we, we talked about this a little bit just before we, you know, got, got on, but it started as an internal practice and mm -hmm. became a community. Yeah. So how does it feel like what's, what is your experience with holding this kind of space for people and what kind of feedback do you get? And what is it, what is, what does your community look like? The mending space? Oh, I can't say enough good about the mending space community. <clears throat> um, 
I just love for all the, the challenges and the things that are wrong with social media, there is something that has been so right for me with this Instagram community. And um, I made a decision early on when I started on Instagram, I was, this was going to be about connection. This wasn't going to be a one-way conversation where I'm just putting stuff out. I wanted to respond to people. I wanted to communicate. And how, however many years now that I've been on eight or nine years now, I can truly say that people that I've met through Instagram are dear friends. I've even been able to meet some people in person, which is absolutely amazing, you know? Um, and so the, the, the mending space circle for me represents how healing and just how living life works. You know, we, we start with that internal process. We start with care for ourselves, compassion for ourselves, healing, growth, recovery, whatever it is that we need. And then as we're doing that, just organically, it starts to ripple out and, and you, you touch a life here, you say something that connects with someone there, you, you, you gather this, this little circle around. And then when there's enough of you caring for each other, caring about each other, holding space for each other, that can't help but ripple out into the world and compassion and care for the world and the, the pain of the world. And then we become this container and, um, we don't have to look at the pain of the world alone. We're this community and we can share in not only the grief, but also in the work to make the world better. And so I just see, I, I, when I, I originally had the name Pendrops Couture because um, in my early days, it, it kind of felt like this clever little name that I merged the writing with the mending. And, um, but in, I want to say 2015, 2015, I changed the name to the mending space. And that just came, that just flowed right through. I didn't have to work hard to come up. I wasn't sitting for hours at my kitchen table, brainstorming, you know, names or anything. And then what also flowed through was this sort of mission statement slash poem. And, um, it says we mend our fraying edges and kindness sets our pace. We catch the threads of others with common cords of grace. Our tapestries grow wider, a universal story. We rise, repair, and heal. The stitches are our glory. We are the ones who mend. And that flowed through so clearly. And that has just been, that just guides me in everything I do. I'm like, am I checking those marks? Is this something that is compassionate healing for me? Is this connecting with the circle of the mending space people? And is this something that is sustainable in the greater world or meeting a need or um, honoring the pain and the glory of the world? And um, yeah, so that see, is- that, yeah. that kind of takes us all the way around to where we started, which is the difference between sort mm. of- capitalist kind of I'm um yeah. I mean I'm not an econ economist or anything but you know we live in a capitalist culture and that's yeah. all like you know making a living and all this stuff as opposed to a community culture yeah what we're doing is putting our 
whatever we have, whatever our gifts are, putting them out, laying them out on the table for others to share. And yeah. then they lay their gifts out on the table and they yes. share. And then yeah. and just a totally different way to exchange. And and um, I think it's richer. I yeah. Instead of let me put this thing out and then you're going to give me this, uh, you know, numbers, give me some yeah. numbers for it. And now we've made this exchange instead of, I mean, and there's a place for that. I have to give numbers to my mortgage lender. Yes. Know? I can't be like, you know, I wrote you a poem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Today, but you're going to love this poem. <laughs> this is really going to encourage you and uplift your day. You're going to feel so much warm, fuzzy compassion for yourself. You're going to be like, this is more valuable. <laughs> Yes. But as artists and especially artists in this community, and you know, we've met each other through the social media network land. Yeah. yeah. Personally, yeah, I, I'm an Instagram person. I have actually mm -hmm. met human beings through Instagram. Yeah. And, uh, that's for whatever reason. <laughs> so I don't know. And maybe it's changing. Maybe I mean stuff changes, but yeah. I have. Uh, but what I guess I'm just gonna mirror back is. So you've created deliberately, you've created a space where, yeah, I mean, you offer some things for sale and yeah, you do have to make the mortgage payment, but right. the, the, the fundamental, the foundation of what you're doing is connection yes. and community and yeah. service. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's really, it's, it's, you can taste it in what, and mm. in, in what you put, what you put out there. It's it, to me, I'm always like, oh, it's always mm -hmm. so. I mean, the reason I get kind of hooked on social media is for those little moments where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. exactly, that was the thing that I needed. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, same here, same here, yeah. And it's that feeling behind it. I mean, I get real tired of all the things I could buy. You can buy this, yeah. Like, blah, 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 blah. yeah. Like, oh, but somebody shares their heart. Yeah. Just, I was just, oh, I'm actually going to ask this person, embodied threads. Do you ever, do you, I don't know. She's another embodied yes. thread. And she's been sharing yes. about vulnerability lately mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and how that's become sort of discouraged because it's not, you know, because we're supposed to be polished, you yeah. know, it's just, it's sort of crept in. Yeah. And what you're t talking about here does, it makes me think of that, you know, that you're willing to be vulnerable, yeah. you're willing to share your heart. You don't have to be fancy. You're not mm -hmm. like, look at this amazing, I don't know, you know, whatever, perfect thing. Mm -hmm. The yeah. imperfectness of it that I'm totally, personally, I'm totally drawn to. And I think I'm not yeah. alone. It's the rawness of it. It's the simplicity. Like, look at that pile of stuff with the, just the running stitch in it. And yeah. you show the backs and yeah, oh, man, that's yeah. So, because it's like, okay. All right. Someone else yeah. just doing simple things. And it's so yes. beautiful. Yes. Yes, that is that is 100% a, a, a foundation, a, a value for me, the, the imperfection, um, the unfinishedness, uh, so much in my life, and I think in everybody's lives, we're forced in our culture and for better and worse, to be polished, finished, to know everything, you know, to, to have our act together. And this is a place where I can play and things can be unfinished. They can be um, unkempt. Uh, they can be frayed and tattered. And, you know, in the, the mending space, the mission statement poem that I just um, shared, the stitches are our glory part. That is, you know, when you think about getting stitches, if you've had an injury, 
you know, you're going to have a scar and our scars can be our glory. And I know that there, I don't say that flippantly because there are people who have profound traumas, capital T traumas. And I do not make light of, you know, that kind of thing of, um, oh, your pain is your glory. You know what you went through. That's your goal. I would never, ever say that. I don't believe that or think that, but there is something about when you have come through something, you have risen up, you have repaired, you have recovered, you have mended something, whether it's a relationship or something in yourself, or even you've invested something profound to make the world a better place. That is glorious. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's something to be honored. And, um, yeah, so the, and, and capitalism can't contain that capitalism can't, there, there's just not a place for that. And that's not even something that you would want to put a price tag on. So no. And yeah, it's literally priceless. Yeah. Coming through to the other side of trauma or of any kind that that kind of mending mm -hmm. is priceless yeah and i think is what it's a signature of being human yes so the trauma and mm -hmm. nobody's going to celebrate that no but the, but the repair yeah and who we become as individuals and as communities yes. when we've had a rendering and then yes and then rebuild it it's never the same so right. that's a new thing so that's the thing about mending mm -hmm. and i mean i love i mean i talk a lot about creating which you start with something fresh when you create yeah. unsullied there yes. i made a thing yes but when you're mending it's mm -hmm. something that was damaged mm -hmm. but you bring it back together and now it's even more nuanced and textured and rich and yeah uh, yes yeah oh that just speaks to me okay tell me i didn't ask you about this poem but we had talked about maybe reading the poem the keeper yeah does it yes. go along with what we're talking about here it could it it's definitely where i'm living right now in my soul um it's um it was inspired by and and uh, maybe some listeners would would pick up on this um Mary Oliver's poem, The Journey. It's sort of my uh, working out of my own journey of coming into the woman that I am and who I am. And that has been played out in my artistic journey, that has played out in my motherhood journey, that has played out in all of you know the relationships that I have, the most important relationships in my life. It has been something that I have walked through and this journey of becoming who I am, seeing my worth, knowing my worth. Um, yeah. So yeah. I would love to share that. Journey. If you a think it would, journey. that's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> Be easy. Yeah. Yes. Who's going to become yes. who I am and yeah, know my just, worth? No you big know, deal. <laughs> no big deal. But. Yeah. No, I would, I would like to, I would like to hear this. Okay. So would, so would everyone is with bated breath. We all want to know. <laughs> well, this is, this is, uh, yeah, I am proud to share this one and it's called the keeper. Sway light, soft flight down, down, 
prostrate now to kiss sweet yellow oxalis. In Babylon, what else can you do? I found the way. I found my way. In pre-dawn passages, when heavy-eyed guards dozed, I slipped past silent to the field of rising and setting, of keeping and letting. They found me when I burst the seams of this flesh cloth, when I threw unbidden song to the western wind. They came to blind my eyes. Ah, but the sun. They came to close my lips. Oh, but the hymn. They came to mock my name, but this line runs deep, woven in the cloth, and I hold in the unraveling, lost to all but this tapestry of life. So sway light, soft flight, down, down, prostrate now to kiss sweet yellow oxalis, sun behind my eyes, moon pulse in my blood, held with all, possessed by none. I am the keeper. Wow. And this is me with my heart in my throat. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. Okay, we need to hear that. Yeah. That poem is is um is a special one for me. It came backwards. So the line I am the keeper came first. And then that last stanza, sun behind my eyes, moon pulse in my blood, held with all possessed by none. I am the keeper. That became the the core the heartbeat of that poem and it is it is a phrase that I speak over myself every day and then the rest of the poem was sort of born out of um partly my yoga practice so the uh sway light soft flight down that's my forward fold I love forward fold and then prostrate I love the prostrate poses um and I have these little wildflowers in my yard and they're called oxalis and they're little yellow, uh, not even wildflowers, they're weeds actually. And I love them so much. And so doing my yoga in the morning, I will, I'll, I'm right there with them prostrate to kiss sweet yellow oxalis. And so there is that physicality and that aspect of just my body, but then there's also that soul breaking free from all the boxes that people have said I need to be in and who I need to be. And it's just the story of breaking out of that. And even when they catch you, even when they capture you, they can't take away the sun behind your eyes or the moon pulse in your blood held with all possessed by none. I am the keeper. So ultimately coming to that realization that even if this person doesn't accept who I am, or if they mock my name or, or mock my journey or my becoming, or they don't buy my art or whatever, all of that 
I am still the keeper. I, I know my name. So, yeah. God. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to have to just go swoon for a while. <laughs> I mean, I really, really love good poetry and, um, and poetry that has that, um, emotional, emotional impact to it. Mm. So that's really something I feel like that was a real gift. So Oh, thank, thank you for letting you. me share it. That was a gift for me to share. Wow. I mean, really, I, like, I'm going to have to go listen to it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and so we're coming to the end of our fabulous, scrumptious hour. And I will, <laughs> I will take this opportunity to say, dear listener, that the keeper can be purchased in ebook format. Yes. So how would people, and it's, I mean, it's very reasonable. Your book, your book of poetry is a book of poetry with yes. photographs of your awesome. I mean, I just drool over your your oh, mending work it's these beautiful fun piles of fabric with all these like just so much texture to it so thank your you. book has the photographs and the poems and it's very reasonably priced and how do people how would somebody get such a thing into their hot little hands yes um if they go to the mendingspace.com there's a link right at the top that i believe says ebook and the book can also be purchased through um both uh, the ebook and the physical book are purchased through Blurb. They're my printer and um, wonderful printer here in the U.S. So um, lessens the carbon footprint and all that good stuff. Speaking of limits. And um, so anything that they need to get to, they can find it through themendingspace.com. Okay. Yeah. And you all, everyone needs it. Y'all need oh. it. Thank you. Thank you. I was so impressed with how good it looked on, on devices because I, I really dragged my feet, not dragged my feet, but I wasn't sure I wanted to offer it in a digital format because it's like the, the book itself is so beautiful and so expensive because it is pricey to print stuff in the States and, and full color and all of that. So I wanted though, to really offer it in a way that people could could afford if they couldn't afford a $60, you know, coffee table book. So yeah. but I'm sure also, if you can afford the $60 coffee table book, that it will be a treat, mm, but you can get you. the ebook as well. So yes. it's something to go check out because then you can listen to these poems over and over in your head. Yes. <laughs> um, and you still have patch kits. Is that correct? I have oh, listed. I do list those occasionally. Yes. Yes. Are those on yes. your, those are on your website? Yes. Those are also at the mending space.com. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yeah. people can follow you on Instagram at the mending yes. space and YouTube. Is that also at the mending space? I do have a YouTube channel as well that they can find that link on my website as well. Yeah. Go to the website. Everyone go to the yeah. website. Go drool. Yeah. Bring your, bring your <laughs> Kleenex. You're going to need it. Roll the drooling. Aww. Yeah, it's really scrumptious. And then there's buy me a coffee. So if you just want to. Oh, thank that. you. Yes. The beautifulness. Yes. I like that. I really like that little service. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so helpful. Just even, you know, a few dollars, you know, and it's a one-off. It doesn't have to be, you're not subscribing to mm -hmm. something like Patreon where you're giving every month or anything. It's and just if you like, want to be ashamed and have a shame storm, you can be like, yeah, but somebody bought me a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it feels good when people buy you a coffee. It does feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, well, absolutely. I highly recommend that. I will put um, these links, and we discussed a few different people, Peter Rollins and Junko Oki and yes. Mary Oliver, and I'll put all that in the show notes so people can go look it all up, and I'll be just just be edified in every possible way. Yeah. And um, so did you have any um, anything else that you wanted to share before we before we gently part? Oh, I feel like we covered so much of where I'm just living right now. So much of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you asked beautiful questions. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for your beautiful answers. It just personally is really helping me to do that um, transition into just a a more graceful pace mm, really yeah. it's been a it's been hard to slow the freight the freight train yes um but it just helps to hear other people like oh that's how you do it yeah yeah little little um you know little steps baby steps <laughs> yes that's right graceful graceful, graceful. We just gracefully yeah. mend we tenderly mend yes yeah well thank you so so much krista absolutely you, wonderful and we all here thank you from the bottoms of our hearts. Thank you so much, Robin. It was a pleasure. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Art, Magic, and Medicine. I hope that it helped you feel creative and connected and energized and ready to be who you are in the world in a way that only you can be. To keep in touch, be sure to follow the show, especially on iTunes. And I invite you to join my email list at robinmaybury.com, where I'll let you know about upcoming episodes and events and occasionally brilliant essays coming out to you as well. So looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for being here.